Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Well, you've heard the scripture, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. But what does that mean? And how does that apply to Run Club? We're going to discuss it. And then I'm going to discuss a story about a show. And the show is called Alone. If you haven't seen it, you're going to learn a little bit about it today. And we're going to discuss it. Joining me again for that discussion and so much more. And back from a couple of weeks of being off is Mitchell Hollis. You know, they say the absence makes the heart grow fonder, Dan. And that's true. I, I love having guests on here. But I miss it. This is like, it's just been part of my week for how many weeks now? 172 weeks. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, I'm glad to be back, but man, I love to have the guests. It's, it's, it's so great to have people on here to tell their own stories in their voice. And, uh, so for everybody that's been on here, thank you. And for those of you who are thinking you may want to come on here, reach out to us. Yeah. We love having guests. Dean at runforgod.com. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about this week's sponsor. Um, Ken's Car Star features state-of-the-art unibody and frame repair, expert painting, towing assistance, vehicle pickup, and delivery in a nationwide warranty in a clean, inviting environment. They've repaired more than 4 million vehicles since 1989, and that's why more people choose Car Star auto body repair experts for their vehicle repair needs than any other body shop. Give Ken's Car Star a call and schedule a free estimate today. So again, to all of our sponsors um, that we talk about each week on here, thank you because what we do would simply not be possible without them. Amen. Amen. We had a Facebook post from Randy Slape last week. That's Kim. You probably know Kimberly Slape. Well, that's the other side of that equation. Um, and he quotes Joey Jones. If you don't know Joey Jones, he's a guy who's on Fox News frequently mm-hmm. who lost his legs in, uh, in combat. Mm-hmm. And, um, he's just an inspirational guy. And here's what the quote said. It said, it said, uh, people ask me how I stay so positive after losing my legs. I simply ask how they stay so negative with theirs. <laughs> Isn't that great? That's awesome. It's really a good Now, you know Joey Jones is from He's, Dalton. That's right. Yeah, he went yeah. to Dalton High School. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah, he, I've seen some pictures. He's been back in town a few times here recently. Um, but, yeah, that is I love that quote. That's that pithy kind of humor that I like. Yeah, yeah. Well, we take so much for granted, don't we? We do. And, and you know, positive attitude about the things that we do have are so important. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the Henry Ford saying, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're probably right. Sure. You know, it's just <sighs> negative thoughts are so destructive. And I'm going to talk about a a show that I've been watching, but and we're going to talk about this in context, but... You can see in somebody's eyes and their mannerisms and the way they talk how positive or negative they are, and you can see how successful they're going to be or not be in different things. And one of those things is running. Sure. If you're negative, if you're a negative person by nature, there's a really good chance running is going to be really, really hard for you. Mm-hmm. And if you're a positive person, mm-hmm. there's a really, really good chance you're going to be good at. And that's good. something that you can change. 
Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think there's a lot of people who like to think, well, I'm just kind of made that That's way. That's just who I am. Yeah. No. no. It's not. It doesn't have to be that way. Nope. And you can tell, I, I'm living proof of that. You talk somebody with no patience. Mm-hmm. Um, I have learned yeah. to, to, to have better patience. And, you know, I told you before we got on here, the saga of the lawnmower continues. <laughs> because after that last problem, that was a really simple problem that, that, you know, got fixed by pushing a button. Well, then the next time I got on my lawnmower, it wouldn't start again. And so I'm like, God really, really wants to work on my patience. And it took me a few weeks to find this one. And this one was maybe... It was something you checked in the very beginning. Yes. I checked <laughs> over and over. No less than five times did I check this. And it was just a simple fuse. But it looked like the fuse was still working. So, you know, I, there's a metaphor in there, I'm sure. You know, sometimes when we think things are okay, they're We're not okay. wrong. Yeah. And so I finally said, well, I don't know. I've checked everything else 12 times. I'm going to go ahead and change this thing out and see if it works. And mm. that thing, he could, the lawnmower could not have started faster. Than it did when I changed it, but I did find out this: it was the wrong size fuse that was in there too. The fuse too was big too big. Too... It was too big. Really? Yes. So apparently, somebody had probably blown a fuse before and decided to put a bigger. Or maybe I didn't, I didn't think it would hurt it if it was too big, though. It won't hurt. The, it won't. That's not what made the fuse blow. The fact that it was oh, too okay. big, but the fact that it was too big means it needed to be the right size, and so I'm better off now because my oh, fuse okay. is the right yeah. size now. So you don't right? have a lawnmower fire going on. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Because okay. that would be bad. Well, we had a trivia question from last week, and this was if I can pronounce this word again. There's an unusual race that takes place every June in the town of Lanworted, Wales, in Wales, in Wales. <laughs> what is the name of the race? And the name of the race will tell you why it's unusual. So the name of this race is the Man versus Horse Marathon. It's an annual race. It's about 22 miles long. It's been a little bit more and a little bit less than that over the years, where runners compete against riders on horseback through a mix of road, trail, and mountainous terrain. I'm curious to hear about this because, you know, we've talked about this before, Mm -hmm. that man is actually faster than horse over long distances. So how does man fare against horse over 22 miles? Well, interestingly, that's how this whole thing got started. There was this, this guy owned a pub. Back in 1980, and he heard two guys arguing over whether or not the man or the horse would be better over a longer distance. Because the one guy contended that the longer the distance, the more likely the man is to be able to win a race. And so that's what got this whole thing started. And this, so this guy organizes this race in 1981, I think was the first one. And um, they organized a race to race against horses. Here's what's crazy, though. Um Man didn't win this race until the 25th race. So they, they held this thing for 24 years without a man winning, which begs the question, why do you continue that race? At that point in time, don't you, haven't you settled the argument? It's kind of like the Berkeley, Berkeley Marathons. You know, nobody competed it for years. Well, that's finished it for years. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And then finally, somebody did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. So they've they went through a period of time where they actually allowed cyclists in this race too, Um, but even the cyclists didn't beat the uh, the horses. Yeah, yeah. That's hard to believe. But this was they only maybe they only did it once. I don't know, but um, but it's humans have won four times now. So humans have won multiple times at this point. As a matter of fact, this year, a human won. 
for the fourth time. Hmm. So um, the race again is, I think it's 22 miles now. Um, the guy this year won Hugh Lobb, ran two hours and five minutes. It was the first time that a man, oh, no, no, that was in 19, excuse me, in 2004, that in the 25th race. And here's what was cool. They were putting away, every year they put away 1,000 pounds. Um, it's in, obviously it's in Wales and that's their currency. And so they put away money every year for this thing. And then, um, eventually they decided when the horse, when the man finally beat the horse, they were going to get the whole pot. So this wow. guy got 25,000. Wow. Because he got 25 pots. So, uh, it was pretty cool. So, um, this is also in 2013, there were 65 horses in this race, which made this the world's largest horse race. I've never thought about how many horses would be in the world's largest horse race, but yeah. the answer is 65. <laughs> so, and they had people running against them. Um, so that, so how many people were in it? I don't, I don't see that in your notes. There's, a, there were 500, um, that first year that, that a human won. So now this, this year's race had 500 people in it. So I don't know how many were the in 2013, but yeah, you know, probably a few hundred. Um, yeah. Wow. So again, very interesting, but here's what's even more interesting. As I dug into this a little bit further, I found out that this particular town has other weird things going on. And this town, let me, let me tell you, this town is tiny. It's just a little bitty. T- they don't have, I think they have two little inns in the, in the town. They don't have places to stay. It's just a little bitty place. And, uh, but they also host the world bog snorkeling championships. What is bog snorkeling, you ask? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's where you put on a snorkel and a mask and you dive into a trench that is basically a peat bog. Mm -hmm. It's just you can't see through it. And you have to race 60 yards down and 60 yards back wearing a snorkel, diving mask, and flippers. And you have to do it relying on only your flippers. There's no no arm power Hmm. involved in this. So... Uh, the Bog Snorkeling Championships. This was started to raise money for a charity, and of course, um, they're, they're raising money. Reminds me of this weekend. We, this weekend, we've got a bunch of folks going to descend on Cahutta. Mm-hmm. You know, thousands Cahutta. of people. Yeah, Cahutta is a town of less than a thousand people. Yep. And the estimate for this weekend is going to be five thousand people that are going to be there. That's crazy for uh, for the fireworks and all the festivities. You know, this little town, and, and several of our listeners came. When they came to Dalton this past year, they they met the mayor Ron Shinnick, and uh, he's a he's a Run for God alumni. But I'll never forget. You know, we did for a couple of years. We did a July Fourth race yeah. on the day of that festival, and I'll never forget the first year we had like a meeting, and and I asked Ron. I said, Ron, how in the world do you attract so many people to downtown Cahuta? How did that all start? And he said, Well. We put up a sign across the road, and we offered free hot dogs. <laughs> that was it. And fireworks. And people came. For, you can't find a parking spot on the side of the road for, it seems like, miles down the road. Yep. You can't find a parking spot. Yep. It's just a really cool anomaly that, I mean, they don't do. They put up a sign across the road. I think they put one at the intersection down here at Georgia 2. Yep. And it's all word of mouth. Yep. And uh, so it goes against every marketing strategy that you hear. 
That is true. It's Ron's way of marketing. That's that's true. They even have to put, you know, they have to put a a barrier. Now, I live in the neighborhood. It's behind there. We actually walk down to the July 4th thing. And there's a barrier on the road because people were filling our neighborhood up and parking in front of all the houses in the neighborhood. Yeah. Finally put a stop to that. But, um because it got to the point where the the road was so narrow you couldn't drive well, through because there. there's probably not there's probably not 500 parking spots in the whole town right yep. but there's 5000 people coming That's right. so parking is an issue <laughs> gotta park but it's like else. they don't i mean they they plan it some but it's like figure it out <laughs> yeah it's true <laughs> That's true. So you gotta love Cahutta. Yeah, the issue of parking has come up in more than one town council oh, I'm meeting. Sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Sure. Would you like to experience the Bible in a different way than you've ever done before? Well, you can join me, Coach Dean, as I read through the Bible every day for a full year. We go through the hard to pronounce names and all. <laughs> In addition, I share running and walking tips and some inspirational quotes along the way. Get your daily dose of the Bible from a runner's perspective in the Run for God Run Club Walk Through the Bible. You must be a member of the Run for God Run Club to get access, so if you're not a member, join today. If you are a member, just find a Walk Through the Bible under the Nationwide Challenge tab. So we're back, Dean, and we have a lot going on around here. Yeah. And uh, we, we've got some exciting news that we can't share right now, but I'm, I'm just going to throw the teaser out there that yeah. big things to come for this ministry. And, um, you know, we, we've kind of thrown out requests for prayers. We did it at the when everybody was here in Dalton. Um, but just continue to pray for, for the weeks ahead for us and this team. And, um, but... Super, super big things to come that we'll be we'll be telling everybody about very soon on this podcast. Yeah. But uh, just keep praying. Absolutely. And don't forget to submit your story if you haven't done that. Uh, make sure that you are. Um, I mean, so many of you I know have thought about it, and I, I get word from people from time to time, and they say, "I'm just not much of a writer. Or I'm not much." You know, that's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay. Submit your story. We'll make it work out. I promise you, and, and continue to give us feedback about this podcast. Yes, uh, yeah. we we do. We were talking about some feedback just before we came on air, and, yep. and we do. We try to um, adjust this podcast to what everybody wants to hear, yep. and the way everybody wants to hear it. And um, we we were not in the podcast business until 172 episodes ago, so we're <laughs> we're still learning every every time we do this. So keep keep the suggestions coming but thank you to all of you who listen we are sure. we are getting um we are getting about 500 downloads for each episode a little yeah. bit more than that yeah um on the podcast and then there's others that watch the video and so uh we're, we're it's it's a lot of yeah we'll, it's a lot of watching we'll be on a hundred thousand downloads before, before long. long yeah we just hit seventy thousand yesterday yeah yeah that's uh awesome. and it took us i mean we just hit fifty thousand just not too long ago. Yeah. So we've jumped from 50 to 70. It feels like overnight. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening. You know, get leave us a review. Share yeah. it. Do all the things that you can do with the, with the podcast platform because it does help. I'm, I'm sure that 
a lot of our growth is coming because people are doing that. They're sharing it. They're sending it to people. They're giving us reviews, and that, that helps in the the world of algorithms. Yep, somehow, yep, for sure. All right, so you know, a few weeks ago, well, it's been several weeks now, I guess, we talked about the orcas who are attacking ships on Gibraltar. You know, that was yeah. interesting. Well, now apparently the animals are attacking humans. Oh, so wow. there's a trail called Meadowlark Trail in Superior, Colorado, where cows have been harassing runners. <laughs> So they've had enough of the runners. I guess guess that's it. You know, out in Colorado, it's a little different here in the East Coast. Everything is behind fences. Yeah, out there they have the free free range range stuff, and and so these cows are are surrounding runners. And apparently, what's happening is this time of year, the cows are very protective of their young, Mm -hmm. and so they're they're and and you know you understand that, and um, they've made some changes here to make sure that uh, the cows aren't harassing people on this particular trail any longer but it made me wonder what's next what animal is next (laughs) right and i got to thinking of how many times i smell the smell of skunks in cahutta and i'm really worried about the skunks rising up in cahutta yeah (laughs) so we got to be careful (laughs) it could get stinky in cahutta (laughs) you're going too far then Uh, Well, that's a terrible introduction for our next story, (laughs) because Rhonda has written a few stories over the years, and they're always good, and she's back at it. So, um, Rhonda Williams. Yes, Rhonda Williams. We're so glad to Where's Rhonda from? She's from Huntsville, Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. She wrote this one called Surprise. Ever wake up and think, today is going to be extraordinary? Yeah, me neither. Each morning after the alarm goes off and before I even get out of bed, I immediately start running through the checklist in my head. My list usually begins with a run or swim and then a devotion followed by a list of chores. Oh, and coffee. Coffee is high on the list. I even have a sign that says, first I drink the coffee, then I do the things. Rarely do I begin my day thinking today is going to be different. God has something remarkable planned even after my second cup of coffee or inspiration. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord, Isaiah 55, 8. God has a way of surprising me by turning the ordinary into extraordinary. Last year, he inspired me to write a story called Yoked Together, and Dean and Mitchell were kind enough to read it on the podcast. The story was based on Matthew eleven twenty nine and 30. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The verse uses the example of oxen being yoked together to plow a field to illustrate how Jesus walks beside us, sharing our burdens, instead of behind us, supervising our labor. I have to admit, I was not excited about writing that story, as there have been several stories with that theme. So I asked God, why would you ask me to write a story that's already been written? I didn't hear an answer, so in obedience, I began to write. As I typed, I reminisced about a trip that we took to Alaska, visiting a sled dog camp high on a glacier. It was my favorite part of the trip. What an incredible example of teamwork. While reminiscing, I realized the parallels between the sled dogs, the team of oxen, and also my Run for God team. Boom! Light bulb! God had provided a different perspective on a well-known story, and I was excited about writing it. Okay, God, I got you. Of all the stories I've written, it's my favorite, and it's a story 
I didn't want to write. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Isaiah 55, 8. I wrote another story about how God can turn the routine on its head in just a second, so we as his children should expect it. It's never just another day when you're a child of the king. How many times have I said, it's just another race, or it's just another Bible study, or just another fill-in-the-blank, just to have it turn out to be anything but routine? I went into a triathlon thinking, it's just a sprint try, I just have to, I, just to have it fall completely apart. God used that experience to teach me to always prepare well, no matter how routine the task, and never take anything for granted. I also learned that he can use any situation, event, or person, no matter how run-of-the-mill, common, or dreadful, to achieve his purpose. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Isaiah 55, 8. No one is better at turning a negative into a positive in a very unexpected way than God. What Satan intends for evil, God can use for good. Take the story of Naomi, for example. In Moab, she suffered the tragic deaths of her husband and sons. She returned to Israel with her daughter-in-law, destitute and heartbroken. She did not expect her life to be extraordinary, just the opposite. Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. That's from Ruth one twenty. But God had a plan. Naomi sent her, sent her daughter-in-law, Ruth, to glean in the field of a relative, Boaz, so they would have something to eat. Boaz, who was kind and compassionate, provided food and protection for the two women. He honored his Leverite obligation and redeemed the women by marrying Ruth since her husband, his relative, had died without a son. God blessed their union, and Ruth and Boaz became the great-grandparents of King David and ancestors of the Messiah. Naomi went from defeated to victorious, and she sure didn't see it coming. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Isaiah 55, 8. You may feel you are too ordinary or damaged to be used by God. You may be experiencing a devastating loss or working through a hardship, unable to see a light at the end of the tunnel. Or maybe you just feel your life is very dull and boring. Just remember that you are the child of the king. He has a plan for your life, and you never know when he may turn an ordinary into extraordinary, defeat into victory in the blink of an eye. Lean on him, trust him, and claim his promises. Have faith and wait expectantly for his remarkable work in your life. Man, Miranda's got a way with words. Um, yeah. It felt like it was. A, a, I was reminiscing back through her stories. I was recalling as she was telling those. Um, well, I have a really bad confession to make. What's that? I sent, Rhonda sent me a story and sent me an email about something. I can't remember exactly what the email was about, but I told her, I said, yeah, one of my favorite stories that she ever wrote was the one about the worms. She sent me an email back saying, that wasn't me. <laughs> and so I looked back and sure enough, it wasn't Rhonda. There you go, Dean. So, uh, yeah, I've been known to stick my foot in my mouth. <laughs> uh, but Honest mistake. Well, I mean, just all the stories we get are so good. And that's why it's so important. You know, you 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 can't mess this up. When we ask you to submit your story, I've said this a hundred times on here. You may think it's vanilla. You may be like Rhonda. God, why are you wanting me to do this? If God is prompting you to do it, let me just step on your toes. You're being disobedient if you don't. No. Um, 
because there's a purpose. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to hear it, no matter how vanilla you think it is. So send it. Think about this. I remember a story from over two years ago, yeah. after hearing a lot of stories in between, right. about worms. Now, if somebody can write a story about worms, surely your life can be. Is it the one where they picked the worms up on the sidewalk yeah. and rescued them? Yeah. yeah. I don't know who wrote that, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that is an incredible story. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. So your story can be just like that. Yeah. Right? For sure. Um, I love Rhonda's perspective on things. Um She's so she's so good at, at the way she she talks about things, and it, you know, life gets get gets tough for all of us at times, and we're all looking for that time when when things get turned around. I, it, I've talked on here a, a billion times about being unemployed and and God really working and turning our, a situation around that was that felt really bad. Like it felt like it felt like in, in the moment there you know it could be a whole lot worse. Like if he had just struck me dead, maybe it would be better. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was it was it was bad. My goodness, where are we today? It's yeah. it's awesome. We wouldn't yeah. have this podcast today. Well, I mean, there's so many things I want to talk about right now, but I can't. But just there's so many things going on right now that yeah, God just putting his. I mean, we're going to share a great story really soon. Stars that's just insane and. Sometimes he makes it blatantly obvious, like he's doing right now. But sometimes you got to stop. Mm-hmm. And really, I, I listened to a, a devotion this morning with uh, Francis Chan. He was talking about Job, and uh, how so many times we we say it all the time. Sometimes you got to find time to do nothing. And Francis was saying this so many times. We go to prayer and we just start talking, uh, kind of like those around Job. Yeah, they were just full of words mm-hmm. and. God said at the end of Job, he was furious with those three, Job, yeah. Job's friends in air quotes. And but sometimes we got to shut our mouth mm-hmm. and just listen. Yeah. And you can hear so much when you when you close your mouth. Mm-hmm. But and I'm I'm guilty. <laughs> we we go to prayer and we're like God. It's like a checklist and a to do list and things I want and a Christmas list and it's. Sometimes it's just, God, tell me what you want me to hear, and then stop. Yeah. We have to be anti-world because the world is so busy telling us we've got to go from one thing to the next. Absolutely. Check things off the checklist, move on to the next thing. Yeah, multitask, that's the worst word that's ever been invented. (laughs) And and that's that's just the way we're wired. And so being quiet and experiencing silence is uncomfortable for Mm -hmm. us, right? Yeah. Isaiah 55, 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. I thought about this verse this way. Isn't this verse really the whole idea for the Bible? Right? The whole idea that God left us his word was because his thoughts are different than ours. And if he left it to us, then our thoughts would be nothing like. If we wrote the Bible, we would not have written it the way that it's written, right? Right, and and he also he leaves us with this verse because there's some things that just aren't covered in the Bible, and mm-hmm. as hard as we may try to understand, it's not going to happen. Yeah, because he's on a different level. He's yeah. he's literally in a different universe. He's he's looking at the beginning and the end and everything in between all at the same time, and we just don't have the capacity to even think about understanding that. Yeah, so that's where faith comes in. Yeah. Just believe. And I'm so thankful that we we have that faith 
and that we understand because I think about all the non-believers out there mm-hmm. who, who they can't grasp this verse. They can't understand this verse. And we have this expectation. We're constantly yelling about how the world is broken and, and it's, we, we should be, we should be shouting. We, mm-hmm. we, we need to speak up. But the thing about the people who are out there who, who don't understand this verse is that they don't understand this verse. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's up to us to help folks understand this verse better, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the, the great, this is an Old Testament verse, but this is really about the Great Commission is getting people to understand this verse. Yeah, right? and it's, well, yeah, and it's, it's the idea of setting ourselves apart. Um, you know, we're, we're reading some of Paul's writings right now as a, as a family, and it's, it's talking about how, um, you know, all meat is clean, but if you go into the house of someone who has sacrificed that meat to their gods, if it's sacrificial meat, don't eat it. Not because there's something wrong with eating it. It's meat. It's clean. God said it's clean. But because we don't want to legitimize what they're doing, and it's because they don't know. Hmm. And the simple fact of you not participating in that sets you apart, and it tells that person who sacrificed that meat there's something different about them. Yeah. Why aren't they eating this meat? And so many times we just want to go in and eat the meat, put it in a different scenario. We we want to go in and just do whatever because there's really not anything wrong with it, but it's not setting us apart. And I think the whole I, you know I don't know how we got off on this tangent, but we just need to be set apart. We need yeah. to we need to be different and not like the world. Yeah. Proverbs three five and six: Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make paths make straight your paths. Again, this is one of those things for non-believers. It's hard for them to see the value. And what we do as Christians, this whole idea of trusting God in something that we can't see or touch or feel, um, the reason we want to follow Jesus is because we know that he knows what's best for us, and they can't understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, another good reason why we need to be set apart mm-hmm. for people to see that, right? Um, and the word that stood out to me in this verse this time, obviously this is a very popular verse. A lot of us have seen it. Is the word acknowledge? You know, it says we, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And the the dictionary definition of acknowledge is to accept or admit the existence or truth of. He's not asking us to go a long way here. You know what I mean? God's saying, I I just need you to believe in in who I'm telling you I am, and it's that that simple but and then when we truly do that um then you know what we're going to want to do is we're going to want to do all we can because in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make our path straight when we follow his path for us not our path but his path for us um, everything just kind of falls into place well you know i've I've always says people have asked how how do you know when god's talking and i said well I i don't you don't always know every time, but you can rest assured if it's telling you if if something is telling you to do something that you really don't want to do and it really makes no sense and it's coming from inside you, chances are that's God. Because when when we talk, it's what we want to do and it's in our comfort zone. When God talks, many times it's it's something that we don't want to do. It doesn't make sense and it's outside our comfort zone. Well, that's just not a, a 
something that just popped in your head. That's that's somebody talking, and typically that's the Holy Spirit talking. Yeah, because we think about the things that we know, right? Right. So why would we think about something we don't know? It right. would make no sense unless God was putting it in there. Sure. Yeah, that's a great point. Ruth four fourteen through seventeen. The woman said to Naomi, "Praise be to the Lord." who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The woman living there said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. God using unusual circumstances again. Um, Ruth wasn't even supposed to be with Naomi, right? Um, and then God uses Ruth, this 40-year-old woman, you know, um, who by all accounts was just going to finish life. Um, and then this old man, basically, uh, they said, you know, estimates are she was maybe somewhere around 40. He may have been 80. And... Um, <laughs> Talk about God can use anybody. And God, and it, this, if not, I mean, this is the line of Jesus, right? So this is, it, this was so important. And, you know, God uses Ruth, but not only Ruth, he used Rahab before that. And so many crazy things in the line of, of Jesus. It, it's just, it's incredible to think that God uses these, well, it, it's like, Rhonda's talking about here these unusual circumstances, these circumstances that maybe they maybe they don't look right to us, they don't feel right to us, or whatever. But he uses these these circumstances that you nobody would write the story again. Nobody would write the story to say, let's use these people to perpetuate and get to the lineage of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But that's what the story is. Yeah, it's fantastic. Question, has God ever turned your day upside down? <laughs> no. We could park there for a while. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I, another way to look at it is, has he ever knocked you upside the head with a two-by-four? Because yeah. he does that mm-hmm. regularly, right? So that, you know, <laughs> that day that I went out there to my lawnmower and sat on my lawnmower. <laughs> And turn the key and expected it to start and go cut the grass and it didn't work. Um, you know that that was turning my my day was turned upside down. I don't know that God turned my day upside down, but he maybe, allowed it. But he allowed it, and I still think I still think there was a lot in this about teaching me patience. Sure. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a funny story. Um, and I think the important thing is, and I think this is where. Um, this is where we learn is acknowledging, and this is so hard to do, but you can look back at the times you do it and say, thank you, God. I'm thinking about in my in the past week, this has happened. You know, something happens and it's just, it turns your day upside down. And there's two reactions you can have. Mm-hmm. Get mad. My day's just going off the rails or you can say god what do you want me to what are you teaching me here what do you want me to learn through this process and man i i don't do the latter enough but i do it way more than i did 
15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a process. You know, you talk about your patience. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, that's me and you are on the same wavelength for that. But yeah. that is something that God will continue to work on us, and it's never comfortable. Yeah. It, God teaching you patience will never be comfortable. Yep. Because there's only one way to teach you patience, and it's putting you into situations where you could lose your patience. Yeah. And I fail at that sometimes still. But the the whole idea is that we get better and better. You know, it, it, the, the phrase is perfecting your faith. Right. Not your perfect faith. It's, right. perfect. it's a process by yeah. which God is bringing us. And we need to learn to say, God... I spilled that bucket of whatever. Thank you, God. (laughs) Instead of picking the bucket up and throwing it across the room or whatever, you know, you might do. Um, But that that takes wisdom. Is wisdom the right word? Experience, wisdom. It happens a lot. I don't know. Um, But it's it's so so hard to do. It's a process. Yeah. Yeah, I I tell you where I... I, I'm nowhere near where I need to be, but I'm I'm so much further than I used to be. Yeah. And that's, that's the important part. Yep. Yeah, I'm the same way. Getting better, although I I failed miserably when I borrowed back to the lawnmower. I borrowed my son's lawnmower. You need to get a new lawnmower. Uh, I know, right? I, I I was looking for one, and then I thought, no, now that it's running, I'm fine. Uh, my, my I borrowed my son's lawnmower. Well, my my son has a zero turn lawnmower. I never ridden one. Before. Those are nice. They're nice, but they take some getting used to. Yeah. So. Um, Let's just say that my my drain plug for my septic tank needs to be replaced. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's just not. I don't know. But they're they're not intuitive as as intuitive as they look like they are. Yeah. Right now, once you get after a while, they are intuitive. Too. You're just not intuitive on them. Well, maybe that's the case. <laughs> but I got better by the time yeah. I got done. But um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> I still have a hard time with that. And when it happened, man, my first thought was, oh. <laughs> It wasn't thank you, God, <laughs> especially with the smell that came out of it. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's too much. Um, you know, one of the things that bugs me, talk about God turning our day upside down. This is kind of a, in general, the way I've, I've thought lately. My, you know, our country is quickly headed in a, in a terrible, terrible direction. And, and I hear a lot of people kind of, they're getting off topic. Off the the Christian message because they're they're yelling at these people who are back to the, what I was talking about earlier. They're yelling at these people who don't know any better. God has worked this compassion within me. I feel so bad for people who don't know any better. You see behind the you see behind their yelling. Yes, you see behind what they're doing. Yes, and it is it's it's not as. We like to talk about the actions that people take as as being evil, and I use I hear that term a lot from Christians talking about how those people and what they're doing is evil, and I don't think I don't think it's evil. The people aren't evil; they just don't know any yeah. better, right. and they're being used by Satan, and it's it's so sad to watch, and we've we've got to be. We've got to be compassionate to those people. And when God throws that in our path and, and kind of changes the direction of our day and ruins our mood because we see something that somebody did, we need to, I think we got to respond just like you talking about earlier. We got to be thankful for it and realize that's an opportunity to pray for somebody who sure. needs it. Right. 
Question two, do you ever wake up excited about what God has in store for you or do you dread your day? If you dread it, start your day with prayer and ask God to help you see your life through his eyes instead of your own. You know, it's funny this question comes up. Um, I did something this morning that I I, I do every now and then. I'm not going to say I, I do it every day. By far, I don't. Um, but David Hendricks, we've talked about David H- Hendricks on here before. He used to help us with Run for God, and he's went on to be with the Lord. But one thing David always said that he did was when he woke up in the morning, his feet did not hit the floor before he had just laid there and prayed to God. I, and I did that this morning. I woke up, and I just had some stuff in my mind, and I prayed. And it's it's amazing how that one act can change your day. I, I need to do it more, mm. you know, but you hear the alarm clock or whatever, and we get up and we go. But... David always talked about how that really impacted him from the time he started doing that. He would he would wake up, and then he would just not get up, and then he would just pray there in the bed. And uh, the few times I've done that, man, it makes a huge difference because you know how it is. Even if, even if we get up, go take our shower, do whatever, and we come in here and do it our quiet time, you've already got a ton of things in your head. Yep. And it's hard to clear it, but if you you wake up that's truly starting your day with Christ and um, I don't know that just kind of hit me when I read that question it's a good way, that's a good way to do it it's a good way to do it I know a lot of times when I wake up in the morning you know, you're kind of foggy headed mm-hmm. you're not thinking straight right. and so you, you tend to do whatever is is, is just normal and natural um, you know when I tend to be more alert in the morning is when I get up at a time that's different than I normally get up Mm-hmm. So I thought about this. What if you set your alarm? Like if you get up at 6.30 every morning, what if you set your alarm for 6.28? Mm-hmm. When the alarm goes off, you look over and you go, 6.28, that's not the right time. And then it hits you. Oh, I did that on purpose. Let me pray. And that jogs your memory. <laughs> it's kind of like, and I, I had this question just a few weeks ago, but if you've ever been in a, a subdivision that we've developed back through the years, uh, and you see the speed limit signs. Have you ever noticed our speed limit signs? I haven't. Our speed limit signs aren't 20 miles an hour, 25 miles an hour. All of our speed limits, because we build smaller projects where you're not going fast in them anyway, but it's 16 miles an hour. Yeah. And it's for that reason. Yeah. People come up and they say, why is your speed limit 16 miles an hour? I said, because you just asked me. Yeah. You notice you it. Notice. You, you really think about it. So that, that kind of goes along with that same psychology. Doing something a little different um, can a lot of times change your outcome. Yeah, there's a sign at, at Gulf Shores in Gulf Shores where we did the marathon. Yeah, that's it, that, that. There's a kind of a back road there. It goes around a little lake area, and I noticed the sign on there. It's something like 27 miles an hour yeah, or something. Something different. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that idea from a. I think it was U.S. Express up in Chattanooga. They used to do that. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, we've done that. It's a good idea. Road. Yeah, it will. It will make you notice for sure. Yep. Last question: Can you relate to Naomi? She gave up on God, but he did not give up on her. <sighs> How many times? You know, I can't count the number of times where I'm going to get emotional thinking about it. How many times I've given up on God and then God blesses you in some way and you just, you're just a pile of tears. It's like, God, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Because you realize what happened. You realize you gave up, and God was there. Mm-hmm. 
and you just you didn't have enough faith mm-hmm. to to stay there and, and hang in there with him. And uh, man, oh man, that's hurtful when that happens. But at the same time as being hurtful, God's always there, no matter how bad we have offended Him. This goes back to this whole "Your ways are not my ways." The first thing we think when somebody does something against us is you sorry so-and-so, right? Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. That's what runs through our mind. That's our reaction to it, right? Our visceral reaction. God's reaction to us doing something against him is to just keep loving us just as much as he ever did before. And that's so hard for us to understand in our human capacity. Yeah. Yeah, I think about, you know, and sometimes our giving up, on God can take many forms. You know, sometimes it can be taking things in their own hands. Yeah. We, we talked about it on here before. We're, we're going to help God out. And it's those times you just have to think that God's up in heaven just like it's like we do with our kids. We see them going off the rails and we're just shaking our heads and we're just waiting on them to hit that wall. And then we come in and we say, okay, you messed up. Here's Here's the repercussions of that. Let's move forward. And that, that's what God does with us every single day, it seems like. It's, yeah. we, we do something where God's just up there shaking his head. Now, our hope is that we do less and less of those, just like our kids. You know, I don't shake my head at my kids as much as I used to, but there's still those times, and there will always be those times. Yeah. And God, I think, is he does the same thing with us. All the time. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. We're back. And here's an interesting running story. Have you ever run with a dog? Mm, I don't think I have. I tried to run with my dog when, when we first got her, but she's she's kind Your of Your dog's crazy. She's a sprinter. So hey, I've seen her come out of the house before, and it's like 100 miles an hour from yeah. the first step. Yeah. Yeah. She's a sprinter. Yeah. So she doesn't do distance very well. So yeah. um, I, I really can't run with her because um, she doesn't last for very long. But this is cool. The Minneapolis Animal Care and Control Center has this program. They take um, they take these dogs that they take. You know, it's just a, it's just an animal shelter. Mm-hmm. But they take applications from people all over who will come in and run with these dogs. So the dogs get the exercise. The people get a dog to run with, which is cool. Um, and it just everybody benefits, and it's pretty cool that uh, they have this little program going on. They've done it on kind of a trial basis. They did a few people, and now they're going to expand it and do and do many more. Um, and I can't imagine how good that is for those dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, dogs in shelters they tend to stay in a cage, and yeah, they get a little bit of exercise every once in a while. But these they're getting a chance to meet different people and. Sure. 
It's pretty cool. Don't you yeah. think that's cool? I don't know who came up with that idea, but um, but it's a great idea. I kind of wish they'd do something similar in our schools. You know, you know, one of the things that bothers me is our our kids yeah. are in such bad shape these days. Because they're not getting a ton of exercise in schools. When I was in school, it was every single day you had an hour of PE. You're every gonna ruffle day. my feathers, Dean. And now it's like once a week sometimes in so some schools. We put on a race at a school years ago here. Um, and I went to that school and was walking around with the principal, kind of planning all the different things for the race because we were going to be finishing inside the school. And we walked through the gym. It was during the school day. We walked through the gym during PE. Three quarters of the kids were standing, sitting in the stands on their phones. Mm. And I said, what are they doing? He said, oh, they're just on their phones. I said, why don't you say no phones? This is PE. And this was his comment. That's just a battle that we've decided not to fight. Mm. This is a great guy, too. I mean, I, yeah. I call this guy a friend, yeah. and I thought, wow. Yeah. We, we've we got to change that. Yeah. We're, we're, we're really not going to go all the way down this, because I feel myself climbing up on my soapbox. But <laughs> yeah. Um, we do need, from an athletic standpoint, a physical fitness standpoint, we really, really need... Well, first of all, we need parents who understand how important it is for their kids. It is. Most importantly. Yeah. Um, you understand how important it is for your kids. Your kids, sure. you know, your kids stay active all the time. Mm-hmm. My kids stayed active when they were younger because I understood the importance of it. But so many parents, they just, they just, as long as their kids are busy with something else, they don't care. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good thing. We need to make sure our kids are getting some form of physical activity that's good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, because... The obesity level is way too high, particularly in kids. Yeah, and you go through neighborhoods nowadays. I mean, I, I can't say it about this one because I feel like I, our, our all of our neighbors in our neighborhood kind of have the same philosophy. So you you go out in our neighborhood and you see kids playing everywhere. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the, like the neighborhood I grew up in, you ride through there during the summer, you don't see anybody out. When I was a kid, I mean. We were getting chased by the cops on our bicycles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we weren't supposed to be on the road, but we were all over the road. And, and that, man, that would be so refreshing to see, but you just don't see it anymore. You yeah. Kids riding their bicycles, it's rare that you, I mean, what about your neighborhood? That's true. That's Do you true. see it as much now as when you first moved in? We've got a fair number of kids in our neighborhood, but uh, the as they get older, when they're little, when they're, you know, when they're, you know, in that eight to twelve year old range, yeah. they're outside a lot. Mm-hmm. Then, as they get older, they, yeah. they tend to stay inside more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not good. All right, it's a time for Dean's thoughts. That's a time when I share something I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Well, most people probably have a real have reality show fatigue. But I found out about one recently that caught my interest. And, of course, it made me think about things from a running perspective. This is about the show called Alone. Have you seen the reality show Alone? The first season is about ten guys who are dropped off on Vancouver Island in the wild. 
The objective is to last as long as possible with limited supplies. Each would have to find his own food and water, build a shelter, and survive as long as possible. The last person to call someone to pick them up would win $500,000. There is definitely an incentive to stay in the wilderness. But there is some bad news. Vancouver Island is home to the largest cougar population in North America. In addition to the 1,150-pound cats, there are 7,000 black bears and 700 wolves to worry about. If the wildlife was not bad enough, Vancouver Island gets 12.5 feet of rain per year. Everything was drenched 24 hours a day. Then there is the, there are the temperatures. They were in the 30s and headed for colder days in the near future as winter was coming. They carry around 45 pounds of camera equipment and film, film themselves in some pretty vulnerable positions. One by one, they use their emergency phone to call the rescue teams. Half of them made that call within the first six days. You might say, yeah, if they dropped me in the wilderness, I would last about the time it would take for the drop-off crew to be out of my sight before I called. I'm sure I would barely be able to get the camera equipment out before I heard the first wolf or saw the first bear. But these guys were grizzled veterans. One of the first guys out lived in Africa and taught others how to survive. He had also been in combat. He lasted five days. So what's my point? I'm a long-time runner. I'm sure I have run over a 100,000 miles in my life, but there are many times when I have doubts. There are many times when I have trouble getting it done. There are times when I have an ache or a pain that I don't understand. In short, running is hard for everyone who chooses to do it. You're not special in that regard. So don't fret when it's hard. It is supposed to be hard. Being hard is the point. It wouldn't matter how much experience you had, it would still be hard. It might be hard in a different way, but experience doesn't necessarily make it easier. Maybe the most importantly, we should expect it to be hard. When those guys went into the wilderness, the chances are the first five guys out underestimated how difficult it would be, even though they had experience. Sure, there were other reasons why they had to drop out, but some were just not ready to face the harsh circumstances. When the impulse hits you to skip your run, You should have anticipated it and made the decision beforehand that you wouldn't give in. When you're running that long run, you should be ready for a day when your body doesn't seem to cooperate. Be ready for hard and it will be much easier to overcome it. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That is not a picture of an easy life. In our Christian walk, we need to be prepared for it to be difficult. Jesus told us that we need to pick up our cross. He said we need to deny ourselves. Those are not easy things. And if we will steal our mind and our bodies to be ready for difficult things, we can endure them. If we're not ready, we're going to be calling for some rescue uh, at the first sign of a bear. The guys on Vancouver Island went th- went there knowing they would have to be alone and fight for survival, yet some of them couldn't stand the isolation after just a few days. It was almost as if it took them by surprise. Whether they were terrified of the animals or had difficulty sharing, star- starting a fire in the wet conditions, it was understandable for them to miscalculate those things. But the loneliness should have been fully anticipated. You know you're going to have to, you're going to have a day 
when you will want to make every excuse available to avoid doing a hard thing, whether that's going for a run or witnessing to your neighbor. But you know they're coming. God gives us strength for those moments, but we have to be prepared for them. How about you? Are you going to be ready to address those moments of weakness, or are you going to give in? It's up to you. That's a great story, Dane. So you haven't seen that show. I haven't. You, so how do you think you would do in a situation like that out in the wilderness? You'd probably do pretty good. You're you're pretty resourceful. Yeah, but I I'm I think the I think the loneliness. I'm a people person. Yeah, that's true. I don't like. I mean, Holly and the boys are going out of town this weekend to the beach. I've got some stuff to get done here, and I'm like. I'm already trying to figure out how I'm going to fill my day because I don't I don't like just sitting around here by myself. Yeah, some people love that. Yeah, I'm not one of those. I'm one of, I, I'm I like one of those. to have yeah. action and people, and so I'll, I'll probably be sunburnt and work to death by the time they come back <laughs> doing stuff outside because I just got to keep busy. But I think the isolation would give the animals. Mm, see, that's the part that would get me. See, that doesn't really. I mean, I say that I've never been face to face with a bear, but. Um, yeah, I think I, I, I don't think that I think the loneliness would get me before the animals. Yeah, yeah. I think my problem would be I don't I wouldn't know what to eat and what not to eat. I think that would be a problem for me. You know, they start pulling a guy's pulling out bull kelp out of yeah, the that, water. Yeah, that would be like, a problem for me too. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what to eat. Yeah. Now I know I can eat a crab and I can eat a fish and you know, right. I know I know some of the stuff, but some of that stuff, yeah, yeah. it's a little a little weird. Yeah, a little toxic. Uh, yeah, but. Being ready for what may come is important. I remember a funny video I saw one time that showed it was it was called "Choose to Lose," and the guy the guy said, and it was all tongue in cheek and funny. And he said, "Here's what you have to do: if you're going to walk through a door, then whatever's on the other side of that door, imagine it being the worst thing." Possible, The worst thing you can imagine in your mind, imagine that being the thing that's on the other side of that door. And that way, when you walk through that door, mm-hmm. if you walk through and it's not that bad, you can go, oh, it's way better than I thought it was going to be. And if it is that bad, then you can say, huh, I was right. And everybody likes to be right. So, so he said, always expect the worst and you'll be happy. Well, and I, I just think that comes down to planning. I, you know, I, I've made this comment to Holly the other day because if there's one thing I am, it's a planner. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I have never had a problem with that. And I was working around somebody a few weeks ago, and this person is, they are a worker. I mean, they are one of the hardest workers you can think of. But they do zero planning. Zero planning. <laughs> And I mentioned to Holly, because, you know, I usually have a, especially right now, I've just got a lot of balls in the air right now. But I I told Holly, I said, I feel like this person that I'm talking about can probably outwork me any day. That's just how they're wired. But I said, they work 90% of the time and they plan 10 or 95 and 5 I said, I work probably 60% of the time and I plan 40, but yet I still get more done than that person because, and and there's way less stress, way less stress. But it's just because that's the way I'm wired. I I love to plan. And sometimes I think we neglect that. I've I've seen it in my kids some. We've had this conversation. It's like they just want to go, 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 go. 
It's kind of like our conversations with God. Yeah. We just yeah. want to do all the talking and go and go and go. Yeah. If we just stop and listen, mm-hmm. be a little bit methodical, you can get more done and have less stress in the process. Are you talking about me? Is that the guy you're talking about? I mean, about? You, it- <laughs> you, you kind of fall into that category. But no, I'm not talking about you. But but yeah, I mean, I, we, we I, all need to plan a little more sometimes. We do. We do. And, and I joke. I joke about this. And it, it, this You're is a, getting better. It, it You're is, getting way better. It is a true thing, though, that I wind up redoing a lot of stuff. Yeah. And my, my problem isn't, isn't as much the macro planning as it is the micro planning mm-hmm. is when I, when I, if I pick something up to do it right now, if I could, if I would just take five minutes mm-hmm. to kind of lay out how I'm going to do this thing, it would work out a lot better than if I just started doing it. Well, it, usually at the it, end of the day, I sit down on my schedule. And I look at my schedule for the yeah. next day, and I really just think about it and think, "Is does that work?" And I'll, I'll make things, but when I don't do that, it's like your day just. Yeah. You wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, I double book that, and I got to be here, and I can't be over there, and yeah, I don't know. Well, you got the other side of that coin too, though. I do say oh, it I know is it can be bad. It is possible to overdo it, sure. Um, and what you know what happens a lot of times is I think about it from a safety standpoint because, and I've, I've mentioned this on here before that um, we, we are we are over safetyized mm-hmm. in this world. You know, we we get this this picture that well, if if it costs a million dollars to save this one accident that's going to cost a hundred dollars for somebody to go get some stitches, then it's worth it because one person didn't get hurt. No, that's not worth it. And, and so sometimes we, we plan so much that we're covering every possible thing and you're spending so much time planning that you're not getting anything done. Now, nobody has ever accused me for planning for physical risk because I. I've got Mr. a gash in my leg Mr. right Bull Rider. now yeah. to prove it. Where I just, I'm like, you know, load up a bulldozer on a trailer. I don't need any straps. We're just going down the road, you know, that kind of thing. I, I could probably use some more planning there, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody got on me the other day. I'm doing some doing a weed eater down at my neighbor's house, and uh, I've got on Crocs and no glasses, no no shirt, you know, just. <laughs> <laughs> Shorts, you know, it's it's like the, uh, all the worst things that you shouldn't do when you do that when you yeah. use that tool. But you know, yeah. it worked out fine. Yeah, that was a great story, Dean. Uh, thank you. You know that moment when you're running and you settle into that perfect pace, and then the next song comes on. Don't let that happen again. With the new J Radio, you can trust us to make sure that the next song in your playlist will help you keep up that pace. Check out the radioactive station on J Radio for all different genres of workout music handpicked for you while you run. Start listening now at jradio.com. Every week, I share a reason why running and walking is so awesome, and this this is this week. Circumstances rarely matter. At least that's how we need to think about it, right? So um, I know that that this show alone that I'm talking about, I'll bet that somebody who is a, a lifetime runner probably would do fairly well on this show in general if they knew the other things they needed to know, because runners are used to ignoring circumstances. They're very tempered. Yeah. It's hot. So what? It's raining. 
Well, I might not be able to play tennis, but I can go for a run. <laughs> you know, is there snow on the ground? Well, let me find my yak tracks. That'll be cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's just, there's, there, there, there are ways to, to look at it. And, and I think we need to be careful about how we look at our circumstances. And if we'll kind of ignore those circumstances, sometimes it's good for us. So there was another world record attempt recently that didn't get a ton of attention, but I think it should have. (laughs) This is ridiculous. So this guy decides he's going to set the world record for running a mile in Crocs. And they'll, you, they'll do a world record for anything. Else. Yeah, they will. They will. They will. But this was fun. It's kind of there's there's kind of a little. Uh, if you want to Google it, you can probably find this. There's a video that this guy put together of him going through this attempt where the world record is four minutes and twenty seconds in Crocs, and he's going to try to break that record. And sure enough, he puts on his green Crocs and gets out there in a, in a general track race where there were probably 12 other guys in this race and runs in the middle of this race al- along with all these other guys and does pretty well. He finished like third or fourth in the race and winds up running 418. See, I have uh, we've kidded about it before, but we should actually do this. You know, Lane, Lane's pretty fast, but Lane can also solve a Rubik's Cube in like, I don't know, 20 seconds or something. He's yeah. very yeah. fast at the Rubik's Cube. I've said there's... I don't. There's probably not the world record out there right now, but you could create the fastest 400 meter run while solving a cube, Rubik's cube. Yeah, I doubt that's a world record, and I'll bet he could win it. He could break it because he can do it. He, we actually did it one day on the track. Yeah, he ran a. a I wouldn't say he was running it all out, but he ran a fast 400, and by the time he got around, he had the Rubik's cube solved. Which is pretty cool. So that is pretty cool. We need cool. to look into that. Yeah, we need to look into that. I wonder how, I don't know, I guess you got to contact Guinness and ask them. I wonder how they decide what they're going to allow to be a world record, because you know. can come up with about anything. Yeah. yeah. Obviously. If people do. Running people do. Crocs. There was a guy on America's Got Talent who was, he, he had like a hundred world records or something crazy. Like he had a whole bunch of them because he had found out ways to do this. I mean, you know, the, I've seen him do things like... What was he doing? He was breaking. He was breaking something. I didn't remember what it was. It was some kind of a fruit or something. He was breaking coconuts with his hand. That's what he was doing. The most coconuts broken with your hand in two minutes. It was the weirdest thing. And they allowed that to be a world record. And they allowed that to be a world Surely record. Surely they'll let a Rubik's cube. You would think four hundred meter beat. We we're going to check on that. I'd be much more impressed with the Rubik's cube four hundred than I would. I'm the impressed with the Rubik's coconuts. cube. Period. If you can but, solve a Rubik's cube under. 30 minutes, I'm impressed. Because <laughs> I still can't do it. Can you not? I've tried. Yeah. I can do uh, it in about, it takes me about two minutes. I did but. it one time and I was watching a YouTube video while I did it <laughs> on how to do it. And I couldn't do it after that. Oh. I know it's a pattern, but I can't figure the pattern out. Yeah. Yeah. Just a few moves and you can, once you got those few moves figured out, you're good. Of course, I do it the, I do it the, the way that the, the Rubik's Cube was designed to work when they first figured out how to do it. And it wasn't as fast then. Right. So I still know that way. I don't know the new ways where it's much faster. So that's probably why it takes me so long. But it's all good. It's all good. So um, here's a nutrition thing I read recently. So there's a study that done that shows that people who eat processed foods don't live as long as people who eat natural foods. So what do you think? Does that mean that eating natural foods will enable you to live longer? 
I don't understand how they come up with some of these studies, number one. Well. Because people, in general, eat more processed foods now. And in general, people live way longer than they did 100 years ago. Well, here's the thing about this study. So, how do you square that? Well, here's here. This is I, I'll, I'll give you an even worse thing about this study. Think about this: the people who eat processed foods. Do you think somebody who eats really clean, whole, good food makes other life choices that are better than the people who eat a lot of processed foods? Uh, of course, they yeah. do, right? Yeah, it's the whole idea. What is the example we usually use for that? Oh, vegan. You know, yeah. people say that vegans are more healthy, which is is true. But Skittles are vegan. Yeah. That, that doesn't that doesn't equate. But people who are eating vegan are typically paying more attention to their overall health. Therefore, they are healthier people. But you can be vegan eat and eat Skittles all day. That's right. That's right. It's all about correlation, not causation. We got we got to be careful not to think that one thing causes the other thing. Sometimes they're just related. Yeah, exactly. And that's what that is. Yep. All right. Angie sent me this story. This was fun. So she sent me this story about this Belgian shot putter. Her name was Jolianne Buomko or Buomquo. I'm not not sure if I'm saying it right. But anyway, this lady, she's a Belgian shot putter. And the Belgian team was in this some championship in Europe. And they needed some points. And so the shot putter, I want you to get in your mind the picture of a shot putter in your mind, right? Mm -hmm. They needed somebody to run the 100-meter hurdles. (laughs) Wow. Really? (laughs) And she ran the 100-meter hurdles so she could get her team two points. She finished last, but last place got two points in this case. And she ran it. And got her so did she points. do the hurdles or did she run through them? No, she did the hurdles. Wow. She did the hurdles. And apparently, shot putters will use hurdles. They'll jump over hurdles as part of their shot put practices. I don't know if you know that. Really? I've never yeah. seen that. They don't do it at the high school we're yeah. at. But but there are a lot of shot putters who use hurdles to hop over because it, it gives you power in your legs. Well, I mean, that's just another example. You can't you can't look at a body type in tail fitness. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just think it's cool that she's she's doing it for her team. Basically, she said, "I'll do anything for my team. I'll, I'll you know if my team wants me to do something, I'm." What was happy it you did one time? You did something weird in college or something? Yeah, when I was in college, we did a we had a we were competing against the football team. Oh, it was yeah, me right. and some distance runners, and we knew we could win all the distance events. And the football team was going to win all the sprinting events. Yeah. Well, there's a little bit more sprinting events than distance events. We knew we had to scavenge some points in the in the the sprint side of things, and so I ran the 200 meters, and I ran I did the high jump. The high jump. That's what it was. And I got yeah. points in the 200 yeah. meters and the high jump, so okay. that uh, we and we just did beat the football team. Yeah. So yeah, huh. it was good. That's it was funny. good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> How about a trivia question for this week? This one comes to us from a Run Club member. There is a race in Seward, Alaska, run every 4th of July. It is another unusual race. What is it called, and why is it unusual? 4th of July, that one just passed. So what is the unusual race in Seward, Alaska? That's S-E-W-A-R-D. Seward, Alaska, isn't it? Seward. Is it Seward? I think it's Seward. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Seward, Seward, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's in Alaska. Right. Fourth of July. 
and there's this race going on. And if you know the answer and you're the first one to answer that at dean at runforgod.com, then you'll win $20 in the Run for God store. And that's awesome. So do that. All right, I'll leave you with this motivational thought of the week. Comes from Lloyd Jones, who's a writer. He said, Those who try to do something and fail are infinitely better than those who try to do nothing and succeed. It's a great quote. You know, we just watched a um a documentary last night on Elon Musk. Oh yeah. SpaceX. Have you ever seen that? It's no. Documentary. I you should watch it. It's called yeah. Return to Space. That man, he lives this. Yeah. He it's, say what you want about Elon Musk. Uh, we're not getting into the political side of Elon Musk. But he is not afraid to fail. Yep. I mean, he blew up five hundreds of millions of dollars of rockets. Yep. But he his comment was, I learned from each of them. Mm-hmm. He said that because they were contrasting him and NASA. NASA designs, 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 designs. Yeah. And then builds something that after years and years of design will work. Elon Musk builds something puts it out there next week, lets it fail, and then he learns. And it, it took him, it was four rockets yeah. before it ever made it into orbit, hundreds of millions of dollars. But he did it so much faster than anybody else could have done it because he wasn't afraid to fail. So you're NASA and I'm Elon Musk. That's what I heard you no, say. No, see, I'm not. I'm. That's, that's true. I, you're, you're right. I, I'm yeah, a risk taker. Yeah, that's true. I'm a risk taker, but I, I try to plan my risk. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a good bit of planning that goes into those rockets before yeah. Elon Musk shoots oh, yeah. them off. Yeah, sure. so, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't couldn't resist the barb. But yeah, there's so many people that are trying to get by on doing as little as possible, yeah. but it's just that's not the way we're meant to be. Mm-hmm. It's not the way God made us. Yep. Not at all. All right. That's 172 episodes down. Can you believe that? Crazy. People still listening. We're still having fun, though. Yep. And we so appreciate you. Go out there and review the podcast and rate it and all that stuff and share it with your friends. And until next week, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.